Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Good evening, Heather. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I guess I to start off, uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is Heather. My friends call me Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers. I, um, well, I've lived an atypical life. I have hitchhiked across the country. I have traveled and worked with the carnival. I have um, roamed barefoot in New York City with street people. (laughs) I have uh, taught and um, explored alternative lifestyles. And all of this that I have done has led me to the belief that boundaries are the key to not only saving ourselves, but our relationships. And so I wrote a book called Take No S-H apostrophe T. And it's all about building better boundaries in your relationships to live richer, deeper, and fuller lives full of love. Yeah, it sounds like you've lived a a very adventurous life. Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you get started with, I guess, your work on boundaries? Well, (laughs) I'll be honest, the work on boundaries got started working on myself. So all that adventure, um, I like to say I just got really lucky. I never came to any harm in all of that. And so somehow I made it through all of that and a good portion of my early life um, fairly naive and feeling that, you know, nobody wanted to harm me, um, especially not somebody who loved me. So when I ended up married and it ended up being emotionally abusive, I was shocked, shocked, I tell you. Like, how did this even happen? I, I, I didn't admit it. I was like, oh, you know, he's just got his demons. And, you know, if I could just, if I could just make him understand we will be happy, right? Like this is, this is how this works, right? We'll be happy. And um, once I finally, you know, left my abusive marriage, I did another very odd thing. I spent nearly a year, like sort of isolated and alone. I, I did my work and I took my dogs for walks, but socially I kind of withdrew on purpose and focused on kind of looking back over that relationship and saying, where did I go so wrong? How did this happen to me? And looking back over it, while I don't take any blame for, you know, what he did, the abuse that he um, put upon me, I realized that there were so many points where my brain said, this is not right. And I just, no, 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 that's okay. It's okay. We're, we're keeping the relationship. We're keeping the love. And once I realized that, like I could lo- literally look back and say, oh, you know what? That first time he took money out of my wallet without asking me, I could have, you know, put my foot down. The second time he took money out of my wallet without us and so on and so forth. And at the time I wasn't using the word boundary to define them, but over the years, um, more than a decade and a half at this point, I have realized that that was really the key to my healing from that experience was to realize that I had a lot more power in that relationship than I accepted, right? Not even that I knew, but that I accepted. I could have stopped things at any time 
And I just kept not, (laughs) not stopping things. And again, I do not take blame for this. I did the best I could at the time. I never, ever blame a victim, right? That's the, you know, if, if somebody throws a punch at you and you don't get out of the way, it's not your fault. Even if it's the second time, it's not your fault. Um, I did the best I could at the time. Moving forward, though, I didn't want to do that again. So that meant figuring out how not to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, last year in uh, 2022, I found out that I had a genetic mutation that um, results in high, very high probabilities of uh, cancer. And so I was planning to go through several surgeries and I'd never had surgeries before. So I decided that I was going to take a month off for my birthday and do something I was really passionate about. And for the first couple of days, I sat around twiddling my thumbs because I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I realized that I'd sort of over the past couple of years, as I'd been teaching, and especially during COVID on webinars and so on and so forth, I'd been teaching a lot about this concept that had been coalescing in the back of my head called lucky in love which it is my belief that, you know, luck is a skill and we can all learn it and we can all get better at love. And so I started outlining that. And um, and originally I had communication in the number one slot. And as I was continuing my outline, I actually realized that I didn't think communication belonged in the number one slot that boundaries and understanding who we are, what we prioritize and want more of, and what we um, reject and want less of in our lives, that was the fundamental core piece. That was the first piece to get right. Because if we don't know that, we don't know what to communicate to our partners and we end up being inconsistent. And, um, and so I, I started writing a book about boundaries in front of a live audience. Um, I put up a chapter day by day and got feedback on it. I did interviews with, um, over a hundred people about their boundaries journeys so that I could kind of get back to the, you know, beginner mindset, um, and also find out how other people experience boundary transgressions and, um, how they spoke about boundaries and learned about boundaries in their lives so that I could use that information, you know, outside of myself for the book. And then I finally got it published in September of this year. And I am working on the audio version and a print version while I am also now working on the communications book. Why... Do you think most people have difficulty building and maintaining boundaries? Oh, gosh, because we are so not socialized to have good boundaries. One of the um, chapters in my book is it's not your fault. It is not your fault. You have craptaculous boundaries. We are raised to ignore our boundaries in favor of what our parents tell us. And then in favor of what our teachers tell us, and then in favor of what our peer groups tell us. And then, then if we're lucky enough to get into, you know, some sort of trial relationship when we are young and we're still rude to each other, (laughs) then our partners in those relationships tell us that we shouldn't have whatever boundaries we have, right? And as we grow, it just keeps getting more and more and more. Like everyone tells us that's not cool, right? Unless, and this this is something that I heard from over and over and over again from people who felt like they had made that boundaries journey, that boundaries transition, Unless you actually do start really like believing in yourself, not in the sense of, yeah, yeah, I can do it, 
but just believing that boundaries are a higher priority than a relationship without boundaries, right? Like that, that's a whole thing. But once people like make that belief a part of how they live their life, all of a sudden, it's almost like the matrix where they step over into, or Alice through the looking glass, they step over into a completely different world where suddenly there are people who are like, yay, you, thank you for setting that boundary. I appreciate you communicating that with me so that we can have, you know, a more productive friendship or whatever, which sounds really hokey as I'm saying it, but it actually happens that way. (laughs) And it's just a whole new world. Right. And that's super exciting is, you know, that we can make that transition from, you know, well, I didn't want to say anything because they might not like me to, well, I'm going to say something because if they don't like me for saying it, then they don't actually like me. And that's not a relationship I need to keep around anyway. Because I want relationships where the people not only like me, but value my priorities and my self-care for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. And I think that in our society, there's a lot of people that are become people pleasers. And as a people pleaser, it's like, you definitely can't like set a boundary. Oh, no. (laughs) And it, it, it is funny because, you know, my partner is exactly one of those people. He lives off of making people happy, right? Like he is just that absolutely amazing human being that's always going to, you know, try to get a smile or do something thoughtful or whatever. And he did have to learn how to set boundaries around that not only for himself, but also because as people pleasers, when we give and give and give and give to our own detriment, we actually then train other people to disregard boundaries and the harm that people do in their service. And um, so then when a people pleaser, and this this had happened to my partner, you know, gives and gives and gives, and then he does set a boundary without ever really having to set a boundary before because he didn't need to. He was just doing what came naturally, right? But then he has to set a boundary because his energy is finally run out or he needs somebody to give back to him or whatever it is. When he did that, those people were like, no, this is this is not what we signed up for. Like, I didn't know about this ahead of time. And so it actually ended up often harming them as well, because he had, you know, people talk about things like um, love bombing. And sometimes love bombing is what it is. It's a manipulative tactic, you know, designed to... And sometimes it's somebody who just gives and gives and gives until they can't give anymore. And then when they finally have to pull back to save themselves, the person is left like, but I thought you were going to be this person for me. Right. You know, so there's, there's a huge, like the more that I've dug into boundaries, the more I've realized that the way we tend to engage in relationships um, without boundaries ends up harming everyone. And even something as simple as setting a boundary after giving and giving and giving can be seen from the other side as something malignant and narcissistic and misintentioned when It's really just somebody saying, okay, I thought if I kept giving that you would eventually want to give back and that's not happening. So I'm out of here. Right. You know, like there is, and I've seen these types of things over and over and over again. And 
all genders, you know, all different types of relationships from dating to marriage to, you know, alternative lifestyles, like it's everywhere. And you see these people desperately trying to set boundaries and, you know, being vilified for it or um, being stomped and talked out of it. And it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and even in like families, like, you know, (laughs) especially in family, right? Because those are the people that taught us that we're not allowed to have boundaries with them to begin with. You're not allowed to lock your bedroom door. You're not allowed to treat your, your, your own items like that and throw them on the floor. That was a big one for me. I was a very messy child. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you have to give Aunt Mabel a kiss on the cheek, right? Like all, all of these things come directly from our parents. And so when we end up back with our parents for, you know, right now we're, we're recording during the holiday season, you know, when we end up back with our parents over the holiday season or whatever, and we revert right back to, you know, oh, I don't want to talk about that, but I just can't, sh-, you know, like I can't say no, it's my mom. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, you, you can, you can say no. And you can start an adult relationship with your parents because you are now an adult. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, it, like, obviously, you didn't have that control when you were a child. But, right, you know, once you, you know, you are no longer a child, like, it's time for you to, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it goes right along, you know, we're, when we were children, we weren't allowed to like look inside the fridge and eat lemon squares for dinner. And, you know, now that we're adults, we're allowed to, but is that part of our physical boundaries, right? Does that allow us to create the physical life and the physical sense of self that we want now? And so now we're like, well, I could eat the lemon bar for dinner, but well, that's not good for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and we might once in a while, I mean, heck once my mom made, you know, donuts for dinner for, you know, fun, she was trying to figure it out, took her longer than she thought to like figure out how to make donuts. So it was like, okay, we're going to have a donut party for dinner. But like that was once in years, like I, she did that once. Right. You know, so I think that it's also important to look back and realize that just because something happened when we were a child does not mean that it was right or that it was wrong. And it doesn't mean that we have to continue that any more than we continue to believing in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. For sure. What advice do you have someone that's new to setting boundaries? <laughs> Oof, duh. Um, the first bit and this is something that I think is really really important to say is that the message that we are given when we try to set boundaries um, when we are young or um, in early relationships and so on and so forth is that if we do these things if we say these things we will be less lovable right like people will like us less whatever whereas I truly truly believe the opposite. And um, I like to, I like to give an example. Every single one of us has at least one of those friends, the friend that is super charismatic, right? Like they are 100% authentically themselves. When they say, yes, I would love to do that. You believe them because they mean it. And when they say, I am so sorry. I'm going to have to miss our lunch date today. I'm just too overwhelmed and I need some self-care. You know, they mean that too. And you're okay with that because you know, they're not fibbing in order to like do something else. They're just genuinely and authentically being themselves. These people have boundaries. These are the people who they set boundaries to prioritize what is important to them and to do less of what is not important to them. And that's why they have so much magnetic energy because they're not wasting themselves on things that are not important. 
So the first thing I would say is if you're new to setting boundaries is realize that when you start to set boundaries, there are going to be some people who don't love it. And those are going to be the people who like you just fine without any boundaries. But there will be a few people, if you're lucky in your life, who are going to cheer you on because what they want most for you is whatever you think is best for you. And they want to see you blossom into the most amazing human being that you can be. And ultimately, as you, as I said earlier, like everyone I know who has gone through their boundaries journey and feels like they have a good set of healthy boundaries on them now, every single one of them said, I have an entirely different kind of human in my life now. People who cheer me on, who support me, who make me feel loved and who like me for who I am. I don't have to pretend when I'm around them. So that's a big thing because I think that the first part of setting a boundary is deciding that it's actually going to be positive to do so in your life, right? Because if you don't have that, all of the hard work and effort of setting boundaries is, is going to overwhelm you, right? It's just, and, and I, I even say, you know, um, there's a, a chapter in my book, it's brave the 1732nd time too. the first time you set a boundary, it's brave, you are doing something brand new. But it's brave every single time, every single time, because every single time there's that little twitch inside of you of like, this might be the time that's just one boundary too much or whatever it is. You're going to have that little, you know, that, that, that trauma induced like, ooh, ah. it's it's brave to do it. Um, but once you get to that point, you're like, well, gosh, darn it. I've been, you know, doing it the way they told me to do it for all this time. And it's just not getting me where I want to go. This is the way I'm going to try it. Then I like to say there are three, sometimes five simple steps. Step one, this is the internal work. You have to set your boundaries, right? The best way to do that is um, think about what boundaries are and think about like, what kinds of boundaries you might want to set. Of course, my book is an excellent option. Oh, and by the way, um, over Thanksgiving weekend, my book actually hit number one in its category on Amazon for a brief time. So yay, I'm a number one bestseller. <laughs> thank you, me. Um, and thank you to everyone out there who helped me do that. I also, um, I have 15 five-star reviews as of right now. So I'm doing really well there. I'm also incredibly nervous for that first four-star review. Like, what are they going to say? <laughs> um, but this is the inter internal work. So my book probably asks, oh, I don't know, 150, 200 questions to you about boundaries. Okay. That said, I also have an app you can download. It's a free app. It's a uh, take no star, 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 star. Um, and that's available on Android and iOS. And it'll ask you a daily boundaries prompt for you to answer. And you can answer it privately for yourself, or you can answer and post it to the feed and see what other people are answering about their boundaries. Um, so figure out what your boundaries are. And there's six different types of boundaries, emotional, intellectual, physical, sexual, time, and material. So all of those sort of combine to create the life that you prioritize, the life that you desire. Step two, you got to say it, right? You got to tell other people when they're doing something that's not cool. Now, I'm talking specifically about boundaries in relationships, although honestly, once you learn about boundaries in relationships, you're learning about boundaries everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about boundaries in relationships. So like today I was, 
scrolling through Insta and there is this trial attorney guy who's like, I will teach you how to stand up for yourself and how to communicate and, you know, assert yourself. And if somebody you know crosses a boundary, you say you have transgressed. Well, yeah, you can say that. If you say that in your relationship, though, I don't expect that conversation is going to go too positively, right? So when I talk about saying it, I talk about what are the different ways that you can say things in a relationship or, you know, in a friendship or to your family members or whatever that are not quite so aggressive and confrontational. Like, I truly believe you need to be solid in what you're saying. But instead of saying, hey, that's a boundary, you know, step off it. I don't know if y'all remember back in the day, there was a, um, who is it called? Pimp My Ride, okay. an exhibit. And at one point in um, in one of the car alarms, he had his voice recorded. So if you accidentally touched the car, it would say, yo, 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 this is exhibit, back off, right? Like <laughs> setting boundaries, like yo, 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 this is my boundary, back off. That's not going to be functionally like communicative in a relationship. So, you know, you might want to say something like, hey, you know, that word, you know, sweet tits, my ex used to call me that. And uh, I don't have really good, like, memories of that. So maybe let's not bring my ex into this relationship by calling me that nickname and we can come up with something else, right? Like something, and and if you have a partner that cares about your boundaries, your, your partner's gonna say, well, the last thing I really want is for you to be thinking about your ex when I'm with you. So yeah, I'm not gonna call you sweet tits again, right? Like this is the kind of conversation you could have rather than, you know, what? Why would you do that? Why would you even call me that? That's a boundary, you know. You just crossed a boundary. Like there's, let's figure out like, you know, how to say this effectively. Because really, yes, you can say, as they say, no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. If you're specifically talking to a stranger who you never plan to ever interact with again. If you're talking to your partner and they say, hey, babe, will you marry me? And you just say no. Yes, that's a complete sentence. Yes, you have set a boundary. No, you're probably not doing the relationship any favors if you're hoping for it to continue by not saying anything else. You know, so say it. Step three. This is where you review it. So if you just said, yo, 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 that's my boundary, step off, um, then you might want to go back in and review, you know, all by yourself or with your partner, depending on, you know, the, the type of conversation you had. You might want to think, how did that go? <laughs> did, did saying it that way really work for me in the way I wanted it to, right? That's what reviewing it is about. And by working also, I mean, did it result in them not crossing my boundary anymore? <coughs> All of a sudden I got a tickle in my throat. Um, so once you review it, did it start a fight? Did it result in them not crossing my boundary? Did it go well? If it went well, then review it is the third step. That's the last step you need to take, right? If it did not go well, you might need to go to step four. Repeat it. This time, you might repeat your boundary, but be more clear. Like sometimes we'll say something to someone and we haven't yet gotten their attention properly. Or, you know, we're in the middle of something else and, you know, they're, they're ADHD like I am. And, you know, like it just, oh, yeah. Did it? And then right flits right out of their brain or whatever it is so the repeat it is when you know we give it a little bit of extra oomph we we talk about it you know and we say okay you know not only did my ex use the term sweet tits 
But when he used it, he used it to degrade me. And it really like, it really harmed me then. And hearing it now brings up just ugly feelings. Um, and I, I felt like I was over this and it feels kind of silly to even still be reacting to this. And yet here it is. So, you know, maybe we can come up with something else, right? That type of thing. Because, you know, some people would be like, yeah, 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 sweet tits, whatever. And then they'll be like, hey, sweet tits. And not even realize, you know, the, the kind of harm. Um, and then if that still doesn't do the trick, the next step is step five, change change what you're willing to accept, change how you feel about things, change your relationship if necessary. And I talk about the the stages that go along with that. Like, so for example, if you repeat something and you're asking somebody to change something that's, you know, habitual for them, right? You might say, okay, you know, we've been, we've been descending, say you're in a current relationship. We've been descending for a good two years I am going to change how I react to things and see if that makes the change I need in our relationship over the next six months. And then I will stop and assess again. And I literally say, put a reminder in your calendar for six months from now, and then just do your gosh darndest to like, you know, affect positive, you know, um, change in your relationship. And if in six months that hasn't happened, well, then you can you can think all over again and think about, okay, what kind of change can I do now? And maybe that change is opting out of the relationship entirely. But my goal in, in, in step five specifically is for you to realize that even if they ignore all of your boundaries, no matter how much you try to talk to them, you still have that power that power to change, change yourself, change what you, you feel, change how you think, or just change your relationship with them. Sorry, sayonara. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, since you have really started setting boundaries, uh, what positive changes have you seen in your life? Um, When I got out of my abusive marriage, I took that year off. Then the next year, I went on 127 first dates. And um, I, I set an intention to go out on a date with anyone who asked me who didn't creep me out. And that was in the early 2000s. So it was the heyday of online dating. It was very easy to get asked out on dates then. And um, I went out on all, all of these dates because I wanted to see who was out there. And I did not end up, I ended up with a couple of really amazing, like long-term friends out of that. And a couple of people I dated, you know, sort of off and on for a while. But I did not end up with anything serious out of all 127 of those first dates. And then I ended up with a, um, a new partner for about four and a half years. Um, he was the opposite in so many ways of my ex-husband. Um, and where my ex-husband was fiery and adventurous and a little tutu, my new boyfriend was calm and stable and boring. <laughs> But one thing I can say is I never lost myself in that relationship. I knew the entire time that I had a choice, right? And I also made it very, um, I made a huge priority for myself to maintain my choice at all times. Um, meaning that, you know, I didn't get any, any weird financial situations or anything like that, that might have um, made me feel like my choices were less. And then when um, 
I split that relationship off. It wasn't long after that, that I met the partner that I'm with now. And the partner that I'm with now, I could not have even imagined the kind of relationship that we have and the joy it makes me feel on literally a daily basis when I left my marriage. I did not have a framework for comprehending that something like this could even exist. I wanted to be happy, but I didn't even really know what happy in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, felt like or looked like, or, you know, like I, I couldn't understand how adults were supposed to engage with each other emotionally or whatever. But when I met this guy, I was like, okay, so I've got a good, you know, 20 years under my belt of like, not so great relationshiping. And I really like this guy. So I'm gonna be as radically like open and honest and myself as I can be and hope that this is the way to make this happen. And um, luckily it worked. <laughs> and um, in a lot of ways, you know, I still went into that, like I had boundaries, but I still went into the relationship with a lot of, you know, kind of baggage and trauma and, you know, expectations and concerns from um, previous relationships. And he had the same thing, you know, he'd had previous relationships as well. And um, we had to kind of teach each other a lot of the time like I need you to set a boundary here I need you to be like completely and totally honest I need you to be clear and again we weren't at the time using the word boundary necessarily but when we got into this we said okay I said cards all on the table I said everything we have to be open we have to be honest if there are fantasies that we have we have to be able to share them with each other and not shame each other and talk about everything and you know like we need to be able to know that the other person is there 100%. Um, and when one of us failed at being there 100%, because human, right? We would compassionately, eventually, I mean, we'd, 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 we'd cry and we'd argue and whatever, but we would eventually compassionately remind each other, okay, human and you know, I meant to be there. My own trauma was getting in the way. I was feeling the things. And, um, you know, let's let's get back to what's really important to us, which is us and this thing that we're building. And um, yeah, so a life beyond my wildest imagination, a love that day in and day out, even after a decade still inspires my heart to go pitter patter. Like seriously, it, it, and I know how freaking like goofy and sappy that sounds. And yet it is not even the full truth, right? Like it, it's not even, I can't even put it into words how I was, I went down, we went out to, um, to meet some friends at like uh, a hotel convention thing in Houston a couple weeks ago. And I had to go, to, well, I went down on the day that we'd planned to go down. My partner came down a day and a half later because he, um, he ended up with a, a work thing he had to be at. And somebody um, who didn't know me well, but that had been talking to me at the convention wrote to me afterwards and said, you know something I wanted to let you know, the look on your face when your partner walked into the hotel was just beyond explanation. It was so beautiful to see. I'm like, yeah, like I was excited to see him. I missed him. And, you know, he's the best human I know. And they're like, there's, I don't, 
He said, I don't know if I even know who is the best human I know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, this is, this is where I'm at in life. So yeah, it's, uh, if, if uh, 20 years ago, I would have been like, oh God, wow, yuck. Wow. You know, talking <laughs> yeah. like that. And now I'm just like, it is just so much a part of my daily life that looking back, I'm like, wow, the differences are just so incredibly stark. For sure. Um, has ha, have, having better boundaries made your life more fun? Yes. I mean, okay, so let me be very clear. My life before I got married was fun. I mean, I had no proper healthy fear at all. And I just did things because I wanted to. But my life is more fun than nearly everyone I know. And um, except for the people I know with, you know, also really, really good boundaries and who have their priorities in order for the same reason that, um, somebody who has plenty of like oh, another type of resource, let's say money, you know, they can make their lives more fun with money more easily because they have plenty of that resource. When it comes to boundaries, I actually tend towards um, introversion. So my boundaries help me protect my personal energy in ways that when something comes up super spontaneous or whatever, I can almost always say, yes, I would like to do that. And I have the personal resources to do it because I prioritize preserving myself and my self-care so that I have, you know, the energy or the finances or whatever it takes in order to do that thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, as a fellow like introvert, there are definitely like times when it's like, I so desperately would like to go like do, mm -hmm. do things that are fun. And I'm just so like spent after like a day at work kind of thing where I'm just like, I can't do anything. <laughs> like, and that's, that's huge. So one of the things that I did with my boundaries and shaping and creating the life that I really wanted is to find a way for me to work from home. Um, because, you know, like you going into an office and working around all those people all of the time would probably exhaust me so much that I wouldn't have a lot of time left over energy left over. And honestly, even after, I mean, I love what I do. I love it so much that sometimes I'll sit here and I'll be like, okay, I've been working for 12 hours. I should probably do something else, but what am I going to do? I could, I could watch TV. I'd rather keep working. I love what I do. I'd rather, you know, work on what I do rather, you know, so, um, yeah, I still don't have the same kind of extroverted energy that my partner does, who is a natural extrovert. Like he will literally be out of the house, you know, four or five days a week and excited about it. And, you know, I'm here talking with you on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but again, this is, I husband this energy so that, you know, this weekend, my friends say, hey, let's get together for dinner and whatever. I know I'm going to be up past my bedtime and I'm still going to be able to like cook an amazing meal and hang out with my friends and, you know, do all of these things. This last weekend, we had a little party over here, a ball hanging party, you know, for putting ornaments on the tree, you know, had like 20 people over, you know, just and around each of those things is plenty of space for me to do my self-care and plenty of for him outdoors time he's a cyclist so he's out cycling tonight he'll be out cycling tomorrow night he'll be in on thursday and then friday he's going out to a christmas party and i am not i'm going out with a girlfriend and having dinner right saturday we're together with friends having a little you know dinner party at our house 
And then um, Sunday, I've got a community thing to do. So like, I'm looking forward into my week and saying, okay, here are the things that I have to pad around. And here are the things I, I want to have energy for that I want to be able to commit to so that I can spend this time with my friends. So yeah, and to me, that's as much a part of boundaries saying, these are the things I want to protect. These are the things I want to make sure and set time aside for. Like going to the gym three times a week. It is a positive boundary that I say, you know, I've just been through four surgeries in nine months. I just um, actually yesterday got the all clear, yay, from my physical therapist to do what I want to do. My goal over the next six months is to learn to climb. We go to a climbing gym. I've been working on my strength three times a week and my core and um, almost nothing gets in the way of that. Because to me, I have to set boundaries around making sure that happens. Otherwise, I'm also one of those people who would be almost perfectly happy laying in bed and or working on a computer 18 hours a day. So, but my physical health, especially at 50 after going through surgeries, is a priority. So I set boundaries around that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing how once you start thinking about like all the things and you set up what's really, truly important to you and start prioritizing it, how things just sort, sort of start shifting in your life until things that were radically difficult three years ago now seem second nature to you and almost unquestionable until you think back and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually a 180. Oof, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you had talked about uh, lucky and love a little bit. Um, I'm just curious, what 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 book are you are you working on next? Like, what's the next one? So the next one was. So I've kind of got two that I'm working on. One was a chapter in the boundaries book because when I wrote the boundaries book, I wrote like 83 chapters before I stopped myself and hit myself upside the head and said, nobody is going to want to read a textbook except you because you're the geek in all of this. So um, I reworked it. But one of the chapters or sections in the boundaries book was originally about like gaslighting, manipulation and lying. So I'm actually writing a fairly small book. It'll probably be like $2.99 when it comes out um, called When, Not If They Lie, Lies and Lying in Relationships, you know, what to do about it and how to still live a life full of love and trust. So that one I'm working on. And that one's really fun because I get to like poke into why people lie and the different types of lies and, you know, how we can set our boundaries around what kinds of lies we're going to accept what kinds of lies we're going to challenge, but forgive in the right circumstances and what kinds of lies are non-compromisables for us. Right. Um, But the big next book in the series is actions speak louder than words or do they, how we miscommunicate and kill our relationships with too much talking. And the idea behind that is essentially that we focus on talking as our primary form of communication when we think about our relationship issues. Um, And yet humans tend to communicate more than 70% non-verbally. And a lot of the verbal things that we do that aren't exactly talking you know, like relationship talking um, are far more important and like setting boundaries early and compassionately can change the entire course of a relationship. And so you don't have to have all of those like big talks later. Like my partner and I, we almost never fight. Every once in a while, you know, you have one of those spats where you're just annoyed. Like, why would you even do that? Was the other day, um, we were a couple days out from having a little party here and, uh, the kitchen counter was not cleaned. Right. You know, and it's just one of those things like, oh, 
my, my partner comes up, we were having a sexy times date night and he comes up, he's like, I just had to clean the kitchen counter before all of this. And I'm like, babe, you know, you could have asked me to clean the kitchen counter while you were finishing up your work stuff. No, no, I just had to do it. And I'm like, okay, well then get over your mad, right? Like you had to do it. You made that choice. You knew you could have asked me, get over it. He's like, huh. And like five minutes later, he's fine, right? But as far as fights go, we almost never, maybe once a year, twice a year, maybe. It's just unnecessary because our communication with each other on a daily basis is what's important. Not like, you know, holding everything up for some, you know, big row about like, you know, how we feel disrespected or disgruntled or dis something or another disappointed, disillusioned. Yeah, for sure. Before we go, I always like to ask my um, guests, how do you define fun? How do I define fun? So I feel like fun is a mixture of a little bit of adventure, um, laughter, joy, and something surprising. I um, I feel like the surprise element is is fairly important to me to make something fun. I can be very content without surprise, right? But in order for it to be fun, it almost has to like jolt me a little bit. And, you know, it has to be something that, you know, gets my system going in a way that it was not thinking it was going to happen. So, and I would say fun also about 90% of the time with me is with other people. I'm incredibly content and happy all by myself, but rarely am I fun all by myself. <laughs> so yeah, fun for me is definitely a collaborative effort most of the time. I mean, I I will say that I managed to have some fun this past weekend. My partner was out of town and I was doing some Christmas crafting and I made these big paper poinsettias with um, pictures in the center of our friends and loved ones. And it was fun in the sense of I had to figure out how to do it. Like I saw a bunch of pictures online, but I knew what I wanted in my head. So I like I had to engineer these paper poinsettias to put up on our wall. And so there was like fun in that for me but that's a pretty rare rare case mostly it's something that I do with other people for sure yeah I can totally understand that I also like to ask people what their play personality is mm -hmm. according to the Institute of Institute of Play um, there's eight play personalities explorer creative joker kinesthetic Competitor, storyteller, collector, and director. And you can be more than one. I was going to say, so I am definitely an explorer. I definitely enjoy creativity. I am a storyteller for sure. And um, I think to go along with the creativity, the collector, like I like to collect the materials like one of the things i'm i'm doing for christmas gifts this year involves um photos and then embroidering the backgrounds for you know um the people that i'm i'm doing this for and so collecting old recycled sari silks and yarns and colors and ideas and thoughts and so on and so forth you know it, it 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 satisfies my inner magpie and then it adds to my creativity and then also a big part of the, this all goes together a big part of that creativity is exploring the ways to do it 
Mm -hmm. right? And then ultimately, it tells some sort of story, um, the artwork or the craft once it's completed. So like this year, um, we had, a I, I mentioned we had a ball hanging party. And um, my partner for the first time in over a decade said, hey, I'd really like to do a Christmas tree, like an actual holiday tree. And, you know, like, let's do kind of more holiday traditional things this year. And this is about two and a half weeks ago. And I'm like, okay. And then like, I think to myself, I'm like six weeks behind in my crafting already. And um, we don't have a bunch of ornaments because we haven't been doing this. So I got this idea in my head that I was going to decorate the tree with like white paper ornaments and white um, garlands and little white clay ornaments and stuff like that. And then any other, any color on the tree are um, currently ornaments that our friends brought for the ball hanging party for us. So I yeah. asked them to each bring an ornament to hang on our tree. And so it was, it was kind of a, you know, again, it was like, it was an exploration. Like, how do I put all of this together? It was creative and like, creating this tradition. Um, and then when our, our friends got here and um, they saw like things and I said, so this is why I asked you to, you know, bring us an ornament to help us start, you know, this, this tradition. So we always have you as our friends on our tree with us and you are the bright spots of color. Aww. And so like, I love to like weave all of that around together and, give people back that's you know that's another boundary or priority of mine is to give people back the appreciation that um I feel that they deserve for being in my life and I, I like to say putting up with me but you know and and showing them that I am I'm absolutely in their lives and I love putting up with them yeah yeah, that sounds like a really sweet tradition. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I have to admit, I cribbed it from another couple of friends of mine that I now live several hours away from. Um, they didn't ever do like the white thing or whatever, but, you know, they they every year had a ball hanging party and everybody would just show up with some kind of ornament and their tree just over the years became a testament to, you know, love and fam chosen family and community and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, dang it, I want that too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we're just about to our one hour mark. Um, I well, first off, 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 I wanted to say congratulations on getting cleared for your health. Thank you, thank you. That was a big, big sigh of relief. Yeah, definitely. I imagine. Yeah, and um, congratulations on making number one. <laughs> Thank you. A friend of mine actually caught it. Um, who's in Europe? I I was sleeping through it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was really excited that they got a screenshot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but then you you got you got something to show everyone. I'd be like, look yeah. at this. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So yeah. Um. Thank you so much for being on. It was awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. This is something I'm super passionate about. So I love being able to talk about it. Yeah, I loved hearing hearing everything you had to say. Um, how can the audience find you? Uh, super simple. My.curiouser.life. Um, that is that will take you to our main webpage. And that's where you can find the book, uh, Take No Shit. It's where you can find the app. It's where you can find the workshop. And if you're the type of person who really wants to dig down in and have, you know, your hand held and a real plan put together, it's also where you can find one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, my goal is to make boundaries super accessible through, you know, podcasts like this. So you can also find other podcasts I've been on and hear me talk about boundaries with people from a wide variety of perspectives. Um, if that's all you have is the ability to spend time, then you can listen about, listen your way through, you know, creating better boundaries. Um, and, uh, soon my social media manager will have me starting, uh, TikTok, I guess about boundaries. So oh. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that, but <laughs> you know, whatever, uh, it, whatever gets the word out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best and 
dig right in. So um, yeah, all of those links, social media links are also on that page as well. So you'll be able to check those out. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely link it all in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Yeah. And like I said, thank you again for being on and I hope you have a good evening and happy holidays. Thank you. And happy holidays to you. I am just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. It's been such a joy. Yeah. (laughs)